Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.mountzionchula.org. Enjoy our podcast. Good morning. May the Lord continue blessing each and one of you. And thank you for having me this morning. It's such a joy and honor to be here among fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, greetings to everyone this morning here in the sanctuary and also um, online. Uh, my name is Samuel Ayala, and I got a technology which I don't know how to use, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Samuel Ayala, and um, I serve as a consultant for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board here in the South Region, here in Georgia. Receive greetings uh, from the Georgia Baptist Mission Board and our Executive Director, Thomas Hammond. Thank you, Mount Zion Baptist Church family and Pastor Aaron uh, for inviting me on Missions Ephesus. I also want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving because through your generosity and giving to the cooperative program in Mission Georgia, you make it possible. You make it possible to make tremendous impacts in people's lives through the preaching of the gospel. Again, I say thank you. Uh, this morning, uh, my family uh, is not with me, but as you see, my beautiful family, that's my beautiful wife for 18 years, going on 19. Her name is Luz Ayala. And uh, we have also our, uh, out of four children, they, the three are away, but Sammy Jr., 18, uh, 17, not 18, I don't want him to get to 18, but yeah, 17. <laughs> 17 years old, um, he's, in, he's in high school, he's a senior. He's doing uh, what's called dual enrollment. He's in high school, but taking college uh, courses and. Uh, we are proud of all our kids, but I don't know. I want to ask a question this morning. How many empty nesters are here today? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. So after here, I'm going to need counseling from you, please. Because <laughs> I don't believe we're, we're facing uh, that empty nesters coming soon, and we do not know how to uh, work with that. But uh, thank you, because I know you encourage me and counsel us and lead us. So uh, it's so unique that uh, our family... Uh, is just here in obedience to God. Uh, we moved from Gwinnett County, as you could read there. Uh, I said I could read, let's see if I could, my second eyes, yeah. Uh, so we uh, were in Gwinnett County, Lawrenceville, Georgia, serving at Hebrew Baptist Church in the Spanish ministry and as a church planner. And um, the Lord had a, a sense of humor in sending us here to the South, which we love. Uh, learn different words and hey y'all so if you hear me say hey that means I'm, I'm part of the south now i'm a little discouraged and i want to be honest with you because um, I'm, I'm transparent um, uh, uh, when they start introducing me about the gnats uh, they say if they if you do this they know that you're not from, not from around here so so as i go to different baptist churches i see people doing that like ah you're not from here <laughs> But you know, we're here, so boy, you're doing that. You're supposed to <laughs> blow, you know? 
but I've discovered something unique. I've discovered these two fans that you put on your neck and they blow all the gnats away, so there you go. You know, we have solution where there is a problem, amen? And I got that from PJ Dunn, so shout out to PJ. <laughs> so again, um, fun fact about the Yala family, uh, uh, we, we, we love uh, board games or card games, but now uh, we're, we're, we're loving fitness, so let me suck my uh, gut in. So yeah, we, we are getting into fitness, and uh, just, just for you to know, it's fun uh, when you and your family are so involved and together and have conversations, and uh, man, I, I, I commend our church family to continue uh, investing in next generation. I, I love this church scene. Uh, young folks like Caleb singing and playing the guitar. That's awesome. Um, so please, please, I, I ask you, I beg of you, let's continue passing the baton to the next generation because they are not the future. They are the present, which will continue the future with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 So I want to pray this morning uh, uh, about what we're going to speak a little about. Um, Missions is not an activity or program. Missions is an identity. Missions is just gaining what, what's God's heart and mind for us to be obedient to what he wants. His, he wants his name to be glorified and be known here on earth. I, I sometimes say this lightly, but it's true. It's not about us. It's about him, his kingdom, and for the lostness and people to hear about the hope of Jesus Christ. So this morning I'm going to pray and I just ask the Lord to, to really zoom in down us in our hearts that we could, we could embrace uh, the message that God wants to speak to us this morning. Let's pray. Oh Father, this morning I, I just want to thank you and we pray to you Lord just uh, believing and valuing the power of prayer Lord. Father, we just ask you today, a uh, beautiful Sunday morning, Lord, as we come together to hear your word, to hear your voice, Father. Father, I want to repeat the words as James said, that we just not be hearers of your word, but that we may be doers of your word, Father God. Father, may we act on what you are asking us to do. We, it comes in different shapes and forms, Father God. But we, and at the end of the day, Father God, it's just obedience that you're seeking for us to be on missions with you, Father. So I just ask you, Lord, that you uh, uh, just uh, give us the heart and your mind, Father God, to be on missions with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I as I zoom in, okay, I forgot. They said they got to care. Okay. <laughs> so this morning, our message will be being uh, Acts 1-8 church. And you're going to ask me, but how is that uh, possible? That is possible by uh, reading through scripture. Can you open your books in the book of Acts chapter 1? And we're going to be reading uh, verses 4, 5, and 6. And, 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 and uh, we're going to be reading until 8, the verses 8. So Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says... While he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized 
with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when you have come together, so when they have come together, they asked them, Lord, at this time, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. So we understand that through the, through the Gospels, we, we see the Great Commission. We don't only see the Great Commission in Acts chapter 1. We also see the Great Commission in Matthew and the book of Mark and the book of Luke and, and also in the book of uh, uh, John. And it's so amazing that each gospel uh, is set apart that uh, Jesus was really emphasizing that us as a, as a follower, believer of Jesus Christ, we do need to understand that he is calling us to do his will. And you may say, what is his will? Then we may see the, the, the opportunities that lies ahead of us um, uh, being an Acts 1A church. Being an Acts 1A, we see that there's a primary target. There's a primary focus. There's an emphasis in Jesus' message. When we look through Matthew chapter 18, verse 11, for the Son of Man has come to seek the what? The lost. So lostness is in God's heart. Lostness is in God's mind. He wants to reach those that are lost. And I may say that I was there one time. I was wretched. I was away from God. I, and, and, and through God's grace, I got to meet Jesus Christ. But not only in Matthew chapter 18, verse 11, we see Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to what? Save the lost. So it's our job to understand that God is calling us to reach lostness. I know that you probably have relatives and friends and families that, that is part of your, your circle, your fear of influence. And I need to tell you this morning that you should never, ever give up on them. You may say these words to me, but Samuel, I preached, I've teached, I model, and nothing is happening. It's okay, because it's not up to you to convince people from their sins. It's up to the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, which we believe in and we value, to convince them of sin, just the way he convinced us of our wrongdoing. It's not our job to uh, convict nobody, but it's our job to speak to somebody. But then we see Matthew 9, 13. He said uh, uh, to those, and I need to be here because I can't really see this. Eyes are not helping me. <laughs> he said, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. Wow. And then he continues saying, for I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. Those that are far away from God. Those that constantly are eager and are hungry for God, but they don't have no one to speak into their lives. Do you know that you are so unique, well uh, uh, crafted in, in God's hands that you have a unique story you could tell? And I know that this morning you, you may understand the concept that you have a testimony. 
And that's why when we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it tells us that we need to be intentional in reaching folks. Where? In Jerusalem. That's what we call locally. In Judea, regionally. In Samaria, nationally. And to the ends of the earth, we call that internationally. And as you see this, you do not, uh, do you not see that it's only in Jerusalem, and then it's only in Judea, only in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It says, and, comma, and, comma. So it's simultaneously. As we are uh, living life, and we are loving on folks, and trying to reach folks wherever we at, it's where you at is the context that Jesus wants to speak to our lives. So Acts 1-8 uh, 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 church does reach in your Jerusalem. As you see the, the statistics, how can we have healthy partnership in a local context? We see that, uh, uh, that you're part of an association called Mel Baptist Association. So there's opportunities there that we can find out how can we better serve our community. But then you have also your community. You got schools, you got parks, you got neighborhoods, you got events here in your community that you can chime in and speak to each other and say, you know what, let's make the difference today in serving our teachers at school, in serving our students in school, or going to the park and serving. Man, it's so unique. I heard a pastor say, Samuel, we're going to be intentional, and we're going to grab a, 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 a team, a group of six or eight, and we're going to go to the laundromat, and we're going to pay for people's uh, uh, washing clothes, but we're going to minister the gospel to them. Oh, that is an awesome story. But then I heard another pastor say uh, 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 these words. Samuel, before March 15, when the pandemic hit, we didn't know what to do, but we came together. We prayed, and Lord, how can we serve our community? And serving the community, to make a long story short, they got connected with the, the local sheriff, which he knew about families that were, were, were going to sleep hungry. So they started feeding the community, and it just blew out of proportion that right now, as we speak, one time a month, they serve the community more than 150, 160 people for God's glory. That's making a difference. That's making an impact. So as you see the stats, Tiff County, the population is 40,644 people as of 2019, and it's growing. Wherever we go, it's growing, the population. And the more the population, the more of the need. We see that the demographics are 54% Anglo, 42% African-American, and 6% Hispanic. And we could have went more, but time is you know, not on our side right now. <laughs> but as we think about being on mission with God as, as an Acts 1 church, uh, we also see that it's not only locally, but it's in our Judea. How can we have healthy partnership on a regional con context? Do you know that in the Southwest region, the most lost zip code or where people are, 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 are eager to hear God's word and, and be saved from hell and, and from sin, Columbus, Georgia, 31907 is 907 is where the most lostness is at. And we have seven Baptist churches that are waiting to receive teams so that you can help them reach, come alongside and reach their community uh, and, and, and present the gospel to people's heart and lives. So it's not only in the local context. It's what Jesus said, not only in your Jerusalem, but your Judea. 
But then after that, when we see that we have that opportunity in the most plausible, we could partner with them. And um, I want to announce, uh, if you could write this down, March 26. March 26 is going to be a, it's going to be called, called Crossover 907, which is a, a missions emphasis, a one-day short-term uh, short mission trip. Uh, we're mobilizing pastors and churches to come alongside of these seven Baptist churches there in Columbus, and we're going to be trained in the morning, go out, knock on doors, and then come back to the event to just uh, talk to folks and love on people and tell them about the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. We would love for you to be part of that. Then we have uh, the Acts 1A church in Samaria. How can we help? How can we have healthy partnership in a national context? Do you know? And I love the story that we just finished hearing from the video uh, of the partnering that you have uh, 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 with this couple that is doing ministry on the RV. That is so awesome. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I hear it, I see it, and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed with joy because that's what God does for His glory's sake. Amen. And I'm, I don't want to be thankful to you for being part of that and supporting them financially. But we could do more. Do you believe that? We can do more. So on the national level, we are partners with the, uh, we're partnering with the Pennsylvania South Jersey Convention pastors and churches because all our partnership is having a face having a name that when you pray and you come together so and God leads you to who you're gonna uh, uh, be praying and supporting uh, you can invite them and it's not only us going there there they could come over here also and work together because at the end of the day I need to tell you this we are God's family it doesn't matter what race it doesn't matter where you were born we are God's family. And God needs us at this time and season, even though we are going through the pandemic. The pandemic never got God by surprise. Did you know that? God knew it. But he, I, I just feel that he's sitting, sitting back, just watching the church to see what the church does as, they, as we go uh, uh, through this situation of, of the pandemic. So the partnership that we have in the Pennsylvania South Jersey Convention is church to church, a pastor to pastor, getting contacts, understanding the mass where they are, having meetings, recording web pages. There are so many opportunities that lies ahead of us. But not only that we see in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and also we have partnering to the ends of the earth. How can we have healthy partnership on the international context? So we are partnering with I. Uh, International Mission Board, and um, next, next, this coming week right now, uh, Friday the 8th, we are taking a team to a division trip that we're going to Colombia, and um, we're going to, to see the work in the, in the border between Venezuela and Cucuta. Uh We're going to meet our pastors and churches uh, partnership there in Colombia, and please pray for us. Can I ask that? And you pray for us as we go on this vision trip, but it's not going to be the last. We're, we're coming back with a report, but not only that, we're coming back with another day because we're going to plan a 2022 vision trip, and we would love for you to be part of that. So Columbia is our partnership uh, this in the, in the region uh, with the Columbia Baptist Association. We also have partnership with P2P, Pastor to Pastor Training. As pastors are being trained, when they go overseas, they could train the pastors that they are such in need of being 
trained theologically uh, speaking. Brothers and sisters, we have uh, so many opportunities that lies in front of us. And uh, it, it, it takes you and me together to make this happen. Now, I go again to Acts 1.8, because it says here, but you will receive power. Now, the word uh, receive power, that word power in, in the Greek is dunamis, dynamite, explosion. And you may say, but what that means? Am I going, am I going to explode with the Holy Spirit? No, you're not going to explode. <laughs> It says that you will receive boldness. You will receive encouragement. You will receive whatever you need to be witness, witnesses of who? Of Jesus Christ. You're, you're, you're not going to believe me. You're going to tell me, I do not believe you, Samuel. But I was the most timid person on earth. Would you believe that? <laughs> yes, I was a really Baptist. I used to sit there. Or even further, if those doors were open, still, and, and just scrub down. Because I, I did not want no one to see me that I was in a service when, when I started for the first time. But as God was prompting in my heart, you're going to preach my word. You are going to go to different places where you at, and you're going to connect with folks. And I kid you not, it happens all the time. When I'm with my wife, we're walking down uh, uh, whatever store, because there's no advertisement here. Um, and when we're walking down, I meet folks, and I see folks, and, and I just want to pray for folks. And I just want to tell the folks, everyone, that Jesus is real. The hope of the gospel works. <laughs> Jesus works, his blood works. I kid you not, I am so grateful today that the Lord has, has died on the cross. And it sounds kind of, kind of bad, but he died on the cross. He went, he was buried for three days, but then in three days, he resurrected. He is alive. So if he's alive, what makes us? The question is, are we dead or are we alive? Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because if he's alive, and he's ready, and he's willing, and he has a plan and purpose in our life, then what should we do with the dunamis, with the witnessing, with that wherever we at, Jerusalem, local context, but then you go on a regional, on a national, on an international, and, and it's so amazing that wherever you go, the gospel is with you. And there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you will be my witnesses and we're in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. But this is, this is what I really love about Acts 1.8. That it, it flips when you go to Acts 8.1. <laughs> Did you know that the disciples, to make a long story short, the disciples went to Jerusalem in obedience to Christ's command and, and waited for the promise, received the promise. But do you know that they stood in Jerusalem and they didn't go nowhere? But then in, in chapter 8 of, of, of Acts, a persecution that says they had arrived, Saul was persecuting the church. And you know what it says? Look what it says in verse 1. It says, the church scattered throughout the land of where? Judea and where? Isn't that what Acts 1.8 says that we need to be witnessed where? So... I'm going to ask this question for you to answer. Are we going to be an Acts 1-8 church or are we going to be an Acts 8-1 church? Good question, my pastor. Are we going to scatter or are we going to stay in Jerusalem? And we're going to stay and concentrate because that, 
That resonates with me that what's happening across not only Southwest, but the whole, the whole world. That we come to church on a Sunday, we receive God's word, and then we go home, we enjoy the games, and we enjoy everything else. But there's a, there's a, there's a commission that Jesus sent us in Matthew 28 saying, go and make disciples. So the mission strategy is what helps us move along uh, 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 God's purpose and plan in our lives. The mission strategy. And it teaches us and it leads us and it guides us through these five uh, phases that we see here. We see that the, the mission strategy has five components of great faithfulness commission. Encouragement through prayer. Who, who believes in the power of prayer? Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Evangelize the unreached. Establish churches, encourage pastors, congregations, and missionaries, equip pastors and leaders, and it's a cycle on and on and on. We need to come together and understand God's mission strategy. But not only that, we gotta also understand that there's a missionary task. So so this is Jesus' mindset. As he goes, the, the Bible teaches us that he has an entry point. Now the entry point has two, two, two uh, uh, results or two means. There's a geographic, a place, and there is a demographic, people. And as he's walking, as you going through scripture and you're reading through the life of Jesus Christ, you're seeing that he's going to a place and he's reaching people. That's the entry point. And what does a missionary think or what should we think as missionaries? Do you believe you're a missionary? Yes or no? If, if, if we are followers believers of Jesus Christ and we are really taking serious Matthew 28 when he says go and make disciples because we believe that that considers us as missionaries. Do you believe that? It says that the, there's a place and there's, a, and there's people and the first thing it says there, evangelize. Evangelism. Meaning good news. How, much, how many people are tired of bad news? Oh, I am so tired of bad news. But you know what's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Life transformation. And you know where is life transformation? Through you and through me. You are looking at me this morning and, 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 and supposedly you were not supposed to be here because of what the doctor diagnosed you or probably an accident that you had or probably something happened in the past that you was not supposed to be here but here you are. You are. You are spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ by telling your story. So I want to challenge you as we are coming to a close. I want to challenge you in that evangelism part. There's so many resources and tools. The pastor's job is to equip you to do the ministry. Did you know that? Oh, you did not know that. Ephesians. It says that. We ministers are to equip our folks to do ministry. But you may say, but, but, but what are you talking about? Resources and tools. So how many know a, a construction worker has a tool belt? Okay? So he has a hammer, he has a screwdriver. So we are spiritual constructors that we have a tool belt, and all God is doing is just giving us resources and tools so we can be effective in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the tools that I love, I love uh, uh, chiming into is the 20-second testimony. How many, how many know how to give a 20-second testimony? 20 seconds, is that possible? How many have a stopwatch right there? And you, anybody has a, 
Stopwatch, where you at? No, nobody's here. You have one? Yeah, go ahead. When, when you're ready, you just, just tell me three, two, one, and I'm going to give you my 20-second testimony. Okay? This is live, guys. This is live. I love it. <laughs> you ready? Three, two, one. So I was, I was fatherless, and I was hateful because I, I didn't have a father. But I met Jesus, and he presented my heavenly father, and I don't hate my father anymore. Do you have a story like that? Stop. 13 seconds. You may say, mm, that's, that's impossible. I can never do that. You can. It depends where you're at. If you're in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the, where are you at? If you have three minutes, you have one minute, you have ten minutes, and like today, I have 30-something minutes or 40 or 50 or two hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends what, where you're at. You can tell your story. But I need to zoom in here. But you know what? It's not about your story. It's about God's story. And, and I want to take a few seconds or minutes and tell you something about my story. I was hateful for my dad. He was never around. He was never around. I was born and raised in the Bronx. I needed him more than ever to teach me, to guide me, because I didn't know what I was doing. But I have a faithful mother. Shout out to the single mom that does mother and father at the same time with kids and it's so amazing uh, it's so amazing the way the lord just helped us out understanding his sufficient grace and mercy and my mother struggled with me and my brother in new york did not know christ in new york but my mother with heartache gave me a one-way ticket to Puerto Rico and said, son, if you don't leave New York, you're going to die. You're going to go to jail like your dad, and, and I will never see you again. Please go. But she did not know. Because when I got to Puerto Rico and went to high school, I got to meet Jesus Christ. I, I asked him to forgive my sin, and I told Jesus, I'm yours for the rest of my life. And here we are. Here we are. And for all you young folks, I need to tell you, when I went to that high school, before I was saved, I went to that high school, I was, I was you know, checking a girl out in, in recreation, and this big blackboard, she wrote Jesus on it, and when I look at her, and I looked at board, and I looked at her, and I looked at board, I, I, I said, is that your boyfriend? She said, yeah. Do you want to meet him? I said, no, I want to meet you. <laughs> but then my life changed. My heart, mind changed because of Jesus Christ. The gospel is real. Jesus is real. We're not coming here to try to convince you. That's not my job. My job is to help you go. Go. There's a, as you heard my story, there's a unique story in you that no one can take away from you. But you need to start sharing it. You know what? I don't know how many times this is the time I, I, I've talked about my story, but the, every time I talk about it, I get better and better and better. And I want to ask the question, who want to get better? I want to get better. And I ask God, I want to get better in communicating. I want to get better with, with my beautiful haircut. And <laughs> I want to get better. And God wants to help us get better. But to point people to Him, for his name to be glorified. So as we walk as missionaries with this mindset of 
a, a place and, and people we evangelize. We know the gospel. We know the Romans road. We know we know different systems, the three circles. I don't know what it is that you know, but you should get better at what you do. And 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 then after you 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 evangelize, you disciple them. And discipleship goes on a one-on-one -on -one basis. When I was a pastor at Hebron with the guys, I would take them out one by one and go do ministry. And yet things are messy and things are gonna happen, but through God's grace, He will teach us all. Amen. And after discipleship, the church is formed. You 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 invest in people. You 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 help people. And then after that, you develop leaders to help you do the ministry. We're not supposed to do it because that's why we have so many pastors that are sick and need and need a sabbatical for a year. And I say that because sometimes we're not conscious. We battle the pastors. We battle our leaders. And the deacons are beautiful. I'm not going to say nothing back because they're going to kick me out today. But we love you all. We love you all. God loves you all. And then after that, there's an exit strategy. You know, I have, I, I'm talking to pastors that, that right now, as we speak, they've been 5, 10, 15, 25 years having partnership that never came up with an exit strategy. And there are so many places that God is calling them to partner with. So there should be an exit strategy. Amen? Amen? A mission-focused church. A mission-focused church should, should always understand that my job is to inspire you, encourage you, but at the same time, I need to challenge you. To equip you, pray, we give, we go, we send, because a mission-focused church, the DNA, like I said in the beginning, a fully mobilized church is, is the identity, it's not the project or, or program. That's our identity, being on mission with God. Acts 1-8 church. And that's when we fulfill God's heart and desire, when we are fully focused and mobilized to do God's will. And I think that's the last one. Oh, no, there we go. So as we wrap up, being an Acts 1-8 church with the mind and heart of the opportunity that lies with us in local, regional, national, international, we have the mind and heart to be on mission with God on the missionary task and mission-focused church. But last but not least, a mindset and, and a heart for missions strategy and developing leaders and developing a team. And I say this, we should never do ministry alone. Jesus didn't do it alone. He prayed alone, which is different. But he did ministry together with others. Because as you go out with others, as you are ministering, they are praying. As they are ministering, you are praying. And it's always good to have someone to do ministry with. Amen? So that is my end of my presentation. But there's a challenge ahead of us. There's a desire that God has. There's a, there's a meaning. There's a purpose. You may say these words to me. Samuel, I've been there, I've done that, and <laughs> I understand that perfectly. But you, do you know that I have great news for you? God is not done with you yet. There is still more that we could do for God's glory and His kingdom for God's people. There are people that are waiting for you to minister to them. Because it's your influence, fear of influence that is, that's surrounding you. You know that in a hundred years, Pastor Aaron or myself, we would never reach your, flu, uh, uh, your fear of influence because they're your influence. You can speak into their lives. 
Because they know you. They've seen the transformation from when you were a sinner and now you're saved by grace. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your message. We thank you for your challenge, Lord, that we are challenged to do your will, Father, and, and spreading the gospel, Father, and be used by you, Lord. Uh, Father, I, need, I ask you that you give us boldness. Father, that you just encourage us and that we may just point people to you, Father, to point people to Jesus, the cross, the blood that forgives sins, Lord. Father, we were sinners, Father, but we are saved by grace. And uh, there's an urgency of the gospel, Father, and preaching the word and preaching the gospel so people could be saved, Father God. I just ask you, Lord, that you continue using us. Use Mount Zion Baptist Church. And I thank you for their hearts and their lives, Lord, as we are, we are being, Father, Acts 1-8 Church, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, my brother.